turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Some good stories today. Um, we thought this week was going to be very back-end loaded with stories, i.e. Thursday and Friday at the G20 meeting between Trump and the president of China, Xi. We th- I thought, you know, not much is going to happen until then, but we've got a little drama going on today. Last night, I tend to check the news. Uh, I'm one of those people who kind of fights through insomnia quite a bit. So around midnight, I was still awake when I wanted to be asleep by nine. And uh, sure enough, taking a look at the headlines from Asia, you could clearly see there was going to be something kind of going to happen today. And um, maybe not as ex- maybe I, maybe it didn't happen the way I wanted it to, though. Markets are up, uh, but ultimately, you had Steve Mnuchin say that stocks. No, 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 not stocks. Steve Mnuchin say that ninety percent of the trade deal is done with China. Uh, domestic stocks. Love that. Um, the sarcastic person inside of me says that a deal's going to get done. It's probably going to be pretty similar to the last one, but it's going to get done pretty much so close to a year before elections. So as you roll into election season, the economy will be humming, and Trump will say, "Yeah, you like that schlob? And the uh, economy goes down. Now, again, that's the cynic, sarcastic person in me that uh, I'm not proud of. So ultimately... Um, that's a pretty big story. Mnuchin's comments sent risk assets higher, while safe havens, including gold and government bonds, went lower. So we talked about that yesterday. The remarks have come as the President Donald Trump and President China Xi um, are set to attend the G20 in Osaka, Osaka, Japan, at the end of the week. So there's some individual stock stories that are interesting and of note. FedEx said that their ongoing trade uncertainty is impacting business, while reporting better than expected earnings results for its fourth quarter. The CEFO, the CFO, said that fiscal 2020 performance is being negatively affected by continued weakness in global trade and industrial production. So the company guided down to mid-single-digit percentage point decline. This is a stock that I would consider if you think a trade war is going to get done. Micron, in the news. They reported a Micron makes DRAM. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of DRAM. Um, so they're tied towards what, what uses DRAM? Computers, phones. You get the idea, right? So if you're a big player in DRAM, you're a big player in computers and phones and other electronic gadgets. Third quarter adjusted earnings of a buck five a share. They're expected to hit 78 cents. So it was a strong hit. Step up to the plate and drove it into right field with a strong follow through. Um, so semiconductors have been hit by newly imposed restrictions on companies. Uh, doing business with China's Huawei. Micron CEO Sanjay Marota said that the company has lawfully resumed shipping a subset of current products to Huawei over the past few weeks because they're not subject to export administration regulations. So um, lots going on. Pretty good stories. El Trumpo. Um, I just like El Chapo. Sounds great. And then you throw Trumpo in there kind of, and you see where I'm going out with this. President Donald Trump 
complained. No, 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 no. Let me finish this story, Donald, before you tell me it's wrong. Uh, President Donald Trump complained about supposed bias against conservatives in social media companies like Google and Facebook. If I worked at Facebook or Google, I'd be a little nervous. When Trump goes after you, um, he's got the Justice Department and government workers basically aren't working for glorified huge salaries. He says the U.S. should be suing Facebook and Google adding, and perhaps we will, without saying what the companies would be sued for. Social media companies have sought to more aggressively police their sites for what they consider hate speech and fraudulent accounts. Um, I have nothing to add to that, so I'm just going to be L quiet. Thanks, Donald. San Francisco's Board of Supervisors approved an ordinance that bans the sale and distribution of e-cigarettes in the city until the products are approved by the FDA. That doesn't seem crazy to me, but again, I don't know FDA regulations. I don't know. I don't work for Juul. I, you know, Juul is the leading maker of e-cigarettes. It's headquartered in San Francisco. It's pushing a ballot measure to make the ban unenforceable. I can tell you the local beer shop convenience store guy, he uh, has a lot of product marketing for Juul all over his business. And Juul probably uh, says, hey, if we give you a lot of signs, you know, we'll give you $200 if you put them up or something like that. Or we'll give you a discount on the product. So I don't know how that goes. And I, I honestly, I'm not smart enough. Federal data last year showed a 78% increase in e-cigarette use amongst U.S. high schoolers. And state and local lawmakers have been grappling with how to regulate Juul and other similar products. There's flavors like Tutti Frutti that seem to be appealing to kids versus adults. Um, I don't know. I can tell you that my friends that have kids in high school all say that their kids don't do it, so I don't see how that 78% is true unless the parents don't know what the hell their kids are doing. Could happen. But stuff isn't cheap either. So, um, smoking and kids. You know my smoking story? I think we all have smoking stories. Tell your spouse today your smoking story. I was, I'm guessing fourth grade. I would steal some cigarettes from my dad. And only during the winter. And it was only like probably a total of seven or eight cigarettes. And uh, me and a friend would go into the kind of the woods and uh there's some construction tubes made out of concrete but it's bitter cold in pennsylvania bitter cold i would just have some cigarettes and they'd kind of warm you up but again i think i might have had five six or seven total in my life um, i find it to be a dirty habit and i saw my dad ultimately die from it so it's not a surprise that i want nothing to do with it so there you go and now you know as my good friends at cnbc or nbc uh, nbc NBC is actually celebrating, and now you know. I saw a, a promo for, and now you know, where they had all these celebrities say, we've been doing this for 30 years, bringing public education into the spotlight of things like teenage suicide. And now you know. Um, my personal opinion, <laughs> was I, I didn't grow up watching a lot of TV, but I grew up watching a lot of TV commercials. And like Blossom, I, I've never seen an episode of Blossom, but there was one episode of Blossom where... And Blossom gets her <clears throat> lady time that comes and visits once a month and on a very special Blossom. You knew it was going to be a, a, a dramatic show and when it was a very special. So tomorrow on a very special Rob Black, I'm going to go over everything financial. And um, Let's see. The market feels pretty good about that China uh, report that Steve Mnuchin, our trade secretary, has come out, Treasury Secretary, and said that you know 90% of the deal is done. So, durable good orders for the month of May totaled a decline of 1.3%. 
We'll talk about that and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. One of my favorite people to follow, just his quotes when it comes to business in America and corporations and profits, capitalism. It's Jamie Dimon. Um, He talked about student debt crisis. He says, we need to fix the broken parts of student lending in the United States. What we've done is a disgrace and it's hurting America. With $1.6 trillion outstanding student debt in the United States, student lending is crippling many Americans. Today, the average college student graduates $30,000 in debt, up from $10,000 in the 1990s. Um, I agree. So he didn't go on to talk too much about the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren plans to potentially erase the country's outstanding student debt. But most of it so far looks like it's going to be tied towards Wall Street and taxing um, portfolios and taxing stock trades. So he has, a, he has some skin in the game, so to speak. And yet he's not afraid to say, you know, this is a big problem. Bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Chad? Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can hear him on a podcast as well that you can subscribe to when you go to newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, let's talk a little bit about the process of answering the, the, the age-old question is, can I retire? Mm-hmm. You probably see that from clients, you know, when they're in their 50s and they're accumulating wealth and they're doing well, they start thinking, you know, when do I, you know, take my foot off the gas and, and, and slow down a bit? Um, so that transition period, no one has a right answer. How do you go about figuring out that process like a, a financial planning detective? Well, so the process is there's several tests that you can run, but you have to kind of do some income design prior to that. So assuming that you've given me a clear list of your expenses, including things like once you retire, how much you're going to spend on vacation. And then we add in the things that you're not thinking about, like healthcare costs, Medicare Part B, how much you're going to pay based on your income for Medicare Part B, because uh, that can vary greatly. Then we have to do things like uh, Social Security analysis. If you're a married couple, what's the best way to do it? If you were 62 by 2015, then you still have some strategies such as the restricted application and playing off one another's benefits. Do you wait till 70 or not? If you're waiting till 70, where are we going to get the money to fund retirement? Um, where are your assets in retirement? A person that retires with a, you know, a million in a 401k is going to pay more taxes than a person that retires with a million with part of it in cash, part of it in mutual fund and part of it in a 401k, much different tax situation. So we have to calculate taxes. And then once that comes into play, we can use conservative rates of return where you take a really ugly scenario a 10-year period for a balanced portfolio, like people saw from October of 2017, uh, or from October 20, 2007 to October of 2017, and say, okay, let's see, you have mediocre returns for the first 10, 20 years of retirement, and inflation is running at 3% and 6% inflation on healthcare costs, will you have enough money to last till age 100? Um, and then you go through other things and do some other tests after you look through the actual assets inside the plan. So you have to also say, okay, what's your risk tolerance? And then in your investment accounts, are you invested? There's two things you got to look at, your risk tolerance and then your required rate of return. Um, and, and you can run another test after that as well. Let me throw out a different twist on this. I got an email recently from a woman whose name was something like Gracie. So you know she's older, right? With a name like Gracie. 
Um, long story short, she has a million dollars and you and I, we talk fast at times. And I was like, a million dollars should pay you $40,000 a year in retirement, 4% rate of return, kind of give or take. And she goes, it's only paying me 10,000. And, um, I'm like, well, you're being maybe too conservative, but she was 70 and a million dollars. I'm like, maybe you could start living off that asset and don't worry about rate of returns and just start, you know, selling off. But then I'm like, no, but she might live to a hundred. How often do you run into that kind of scenario where people are too conservative or too aggressive and you kind of want them somewhere in the middle, I'm assuming. Right, right. I think, you know, my favorite style of portfolio in retirement is when you calculate your expenses and then you know your withdrawal rate. So if your expenses are a hundred grand a year and you're going to take 30 from social security between the two of you, you're going to draw 70 from your portfolio. So you need three years of that set aside in cash. And then the rest of your portfolio, when you're investing more than 60% stocks, you're probably taking too much risk. Um, and then some people can't handle market volatility at all. And if you're very conservative right now, that's like what 3% on bonds. So yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. You're, you're dead on. And I felt horrible telling her, I'm like, 1%, you're not going to be able to live off that $10,000, but 5 or 6% with an AT&T stock would pay her fifty dollars to 60000 and like 1.5% with something like a Coca-Cola would pay her 15000 So there's, there seems to be some things that we all need to figure out, and we need professional help. That's where the CFP comes in and, and helps and uh, does the calculations kind of in a cold detective kind of way. Uh, you're not telling people exactly what they want to hear is what I'm assuming more often than not. Is that about right? Yeah. And there's different tests we can run. I mean, we can run Monte Carlo simulations, linear cash flow tests. What's your success rate? And we can answer those questions. Have questions? Find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's a certified financial planner. It's a great accreditation. I think it's super important that you work with professionals in retirement because you don't want to make a mistake. (laughs) It's my honest opinion there. You don't want to make a mistake. It's a bad time to do it. You don't have time to recover. You can find CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of downloads, and you can subscribe to his podcast while at newfocusfinancial.com. I tend to get kind of stuck on trends and themes for a couple weeks, then I move on. I'll talk about some of those at the upcoming event in July in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Great parking, easy parking, free parking. Easy place to access. You can find out more by going to Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. But one of them that I'm really fascinated in, and every day I do a little bit more work on it, is technology in restaurants. And there's something called a QSR, Quick Service Restaurant. And they're really benefiting from this move to technology and Grubhubs and Uber Eats and such. McDonald's has just slightly trailed the broader market. Double-digit rallies are norm for the group. There's six big companies that are really benefiting. McDonald's, Starbucks, Chipotle, Shake Shack, Domino's. And perhaps Dunkin' Brands, of which they're not all the same company, so you can't say just buy all six of them because people are going to just sit on their couch and be oompa loompas, have the weed delivery come at noon, take gummy, and decide if you want McDonald's, Chipotle, Shake Shack, Starbucks, Domino's, or Dunkin' Brands. They're all well-capitalized players, and they're all doing quite well. A couple years ago, the same kind of trend story, we'd talk about how people aren't going to malls anymore. So companies like Cheesecake Factory were struggling. So it's always going to be developing, right? And this plays right into Uber and Grubhubs and Lyft's world. And then there's also the trend of plant-based proteins. Big meat players are keen to exploit right now. Menu innovation. You don't think of menu innovation all that often, but it's there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I do like the well-capitalized bigger players. I think uh, you'll see why over time that the big get bigger.
Speaking of which, I'm going to take a break, make a little do-re-mi meter in the commercial break. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com. You can sign up for the event coming up in July, mid-July, at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So the Bloodhound Gang did a song called The Roof is on Fire. And now you're saying, where is this one going, Rob? Um, it's going to go somewhere. So I'll try my best. What's interesting to note is I think the stock market roof is on fire. What's also interesting to note about the Bloodhound Gang and the roof is on fire, it's probably one of the most hated songs in my mind ever. I could write this song. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you're not a square from Delaware and you got on clean underwear and your mama ain't on welfare, somebody say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And that's awful, right? And if you got on clean underwear and your mama ain't on welfare, hmm, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. So that's how I feel about Wall Street right now. It's, 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 it's kind of got me a little bit nervous because we're not really looking at valuation. And that's okay. You know, I like it when the market goes up, even if it's overvalued. I like it when the market goes down, even if it's, it's creating a you know, buying opportunity or it's a setup for a long, slow summer or what have you. I'm not going to take it personally, so to speak. Now, yesterday we talked about Amazon announcing two big days for their Amazon sale. I promptly went home and I started writing down lists of things that I might want to buy for the rest of the year. I've got like a four and a half, five-year-old iPad that it's just it's not good. It's not good. It's in bad shape. So I wrote that down. Then I'm like, okay... Uh, for my getaway house, I need a second. I'd like a TV in the bedroom so I can fall asleep and watch the snowfall kind of thing and watch a little television. I wrote down TV. Now, hopefully I get a chance to measure before I you know, order it, but you get the idea. So these are big ticket items that I, I, I'm expecting to get 40% off. Now, this will make you a little crazy. So I know that Amazon's going to be on the 15th and 16th, two days, even though it's supposed to be a one-day sale. I know that it crashed last year. Um, for me, what's kind of, uh, I was looking at Target because Target now does that one day delivery and I'd like to kind of test it out. You don't have to have that prime membership. Target kicks off back to school season with new clothes, college departments and more. Holy mackerel. Now I was expecting to see something with them competing with Amazon on prime day. And what they're really doing is saying, let's talk about back to school. And I'm like, did it the summer just start? Do we really need to be talking about glue sticks and crayons? Soon-to-be kindergarteners, decking out dorm rooms, college freshmen, you know, clothing and supplies. It just feels like it's a little bit too soon. It's almost like, can you wait just a bit? Just a bit. Can we at least get into August before we start talking about back to school? Even the back to school is happening in middle August now. So I know you're saying, okay, got it, Black, and move on. Um, But yeah, this year there will be big sales on the same time frame. Uh, Target's going to be introducing deal days. eBay says, and I love I love a good chance for a jab at a competitor. Um, eBay plans a crash sale, especially a bigger discount if Amazon's web page crashes like it did last year. So, I don't know. Do you have a shopping list? Does it make sense that I want to be kind of cheap and maybe get a deal? But I see, I don't want to be so cheap that I get a deal that it's like uh, compromising the situation itself. Like, I don't want a three-year-old iPad when I'm trying to replace a four-and-a-half-year-old iPad. I know you're saying, you're a snob. You should just use a Google tablet. Google's not even making tablets anymore. So 
targeting eBay are kind of the ones who are announcing their strategies at this point in time. So uh, eBay as well. So, and do you get a bigger deal if Amazon's web page crashes? And ultimately, what it comes down to is we've now made Prime Day kind of a big shopping day in July when it used to not be. And Target and eBay aren't going to let this one pass. Amazon shares are up 25% this year. Target is up 30% this year. eBay is up 39% this year. You know, one thing I can't do is grow a fancy millennial beard. I know. I know. Now, here, get this, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you feel old. Hope you're going to feel it. The first members of the millennial generation are going to be 40 this year. Woo! Woo! Happy birthday. Say it's your birthday. Millennials are behind where Generation was X was at this age due to the coming of age during the Great Recession and student debt. But it's time to pull out a checklist. What should you have at age 40? What should you be doing? Younger Americans are getting into more trouble with debt. The average American is struggling to make ends meet and build up emergency savings. Uh, but a lot like your car, you should do a checkup every five, ten thousand 10,000 miles. 40 is a good, good time to do a checkup. No, you're not going to have the doctor say, drop your pants and bend over and it's going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. A shot. I'm talking about a shot. So uh, nothing discussed about shots. So, so at this point in time, you want to relist your financial goals. And you want to be specific about it, you want to write it down. If you can't write it down, it's not true. Once you know your goals, you could kind of work backwards to see how far you have to go to get to them. Maybe it's a second home. Maybe it's a first home. Maybe it's a bigger home, not a condo. So start writing the stuff down. If you have a family, think about them not having you. I've got $4 million life insurance on me because I think $4 million will more than cover the basic necessities. So... You could go with 10 times your salary, or you could kind of figure out, what do I really want to accomplish? If you've got one kid, you want at least $250,000 in life insurance to cover from age 0 to 17. If you want to go to college, you want to throw in another $250,000 in life insurance. So that's $500,000. Two kids, that's a million. And then you go, what would cover the mortgages? What would give my spouse time to take off and mourn? You know, when my father died, uh, me and my brother David had to go through the paperwork and kind of line up every mistake he'd made, kind of shake our heads at them. My brother Dave's a personal injury attorney, or now he's a judge, but he was a personal injury attorney. And uh, he has a very no-nonsense, like, man, Dad was an idiot. Like, he, he sees criminals, he sees heroes kind of thing. He saw my dad as a financial idiot. So life insurance is super important. We should have been mourning him instead of going through his paperwork. If you haven't created a will, you should, because people drop over dead on a regular basis under 40, over 40. Right around this time, people start dropping like frogs. Croak, ribbit, ribbit. Doing the parts of his own sound effects today. Rob Black. So create a will or a trust. If you live in California, you want to do a trust. When you die, they have to go through the paperwork, and they, they basically decide if you actually own that house or not. And, like, did the slave once own the house and you took it from him? Did an uh, ex-spouse challenge it? It's, it's all good stuff. So you want to create a will if you haven't done so already. A trust is a, a very ideal if you have a home in California because that whole year process that you have to go through probate, it goes away. And that whole year process of going through probate is easily $40,000 in attorney fees. Trust is going to cost you 5000 I know you're saying, you just spent $5,000 for me just like that, just because I turned 40? Uh-huh. Um, in your 40s, you want to revisit your budget. This is your financial checklist. You just turned 40. I've got a loved one who, she picked up a job, and I'm like, you should put as much money into a 401k or a 403b as you can, because your husband makes the money. 
that the family spends, so you should, you know, sock away extra. That doesn't even dawn on them. That's good advice. So, like, straight over the head. But your budget will show you where things are. And budgets are the most inane, boring things. I'm going through my budget right now, and I hate it. I want to pour gasoline in my eyes every time I do it, and then dig it out with a spork. Dig it out? My iris. Just my iris. Not my whole eyeball. Just my iris. So... Budgeting is, it stinks. You're going through and you're doing it for your spouse too. And you're like, okay, what is LLN.com? Um, and you're like, do we I even want to hit this and find out that like my spouse is doing some serious hardcore uh, spending on the web on things that they shouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, because that could be your budget breaker. And then you're like, man, we eat out a lot. You know, in my 20s, one of the most dumb things on my budget was uh, movies. So in my 20s, it was like movies, dinner, and a date kind of thing. So... In your 40s, you want to update your investment choices. Um, it's time to, again, if you're not saving enough, there's a rule that says you're 40 years old, you should have 40% in bonds. I don't believe that. Not in this interest rate environment, no way. But again, that's where you start. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And you can figure out what works best for you. In your 40s, you want to take a look at your credit card debt. And if, you have, if you're carrying credit card debt, pay it down. Hopefully in your 40s, you've taken control of your student debt and the loans are starting to whittle down, hopefully. Uh, you want to make sure your health insurance is adequate for your family's needs. Getting sick is very, very expensive. And start taking better care of yourself. This is when your health is going to slip. Find me online at robloxshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested in more. There's a new test for the IPO market, which has been hot, 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 as Buster Poindexter once said. Or he sung about feeling hot, hot, hot. The IPO market's been just fantastic this year if you take out uber and left crushing the overall market performance there's a demand an appetite there's a new one coming out thursday evening that i don't really know much about but i'm starting to do some work on called the real real it's going to trade under the ticker symbol real it's an online marketplace for used luxury goods so think of it as a thrift store that sells tiffany's products and, and goods um it's well established it's growing rapidly it's losing lots of money revenue last year 207 million Buckaroos. That's up 55% year over year. But it also lost $75 million. But again, they're establishing that foothold. And you could say this IPO is a way of losing a lot of money coming public and getting a lot of publicity for themselves also. doesn't hurt. So it's all consigned merchandise. Since launching in 2011, the company's paid about $1 billion to consigners. In 2018, the company processed 1.6 million orders, up 42% from a year earlier. Average order of 446 bucks, up 2% year over year. Um, I, it's really tough for me to say we're not overdoing it because it feels like every week we're getting three to five more IPOs. And it feels like there's only so many dollars in the world. And it feels like there are a lot of them being vacuumed straight into the IPO vacuum machine. I want an IPO vacuum cleaner. Now, so the Real Reels debut will match that of a company called Revolve. Ticker symbol RVLV, that's their closest competitor. It's an online luxury goods seller that went public in June at $18 per share. Now it's at $36 a share. And yet there's an online luxury goods seller that went public last September called Farfetch, FTCH. Now this, again, is kind of playing into some comparisons like with SwitchFix, SFX, SFIX, Etsy, uh, a lot of vintage goods. Etsy's up four times, 400% since its 2015 IPO. So some of these companies uh, are a little bit more established than they thought. Two years ago, we talked about how many tech unicorns there were, companies that were 
pulling in a billion dollars in revenue, but still losing money. And a lot of these companies have come public, and they're passing the test. They're, they're limiting their losses. They're, they're getting attention. Now, in a down market, they're the first ones we shoot. Um, you know, if we go through a recession, I'm going to call my dog into the room first. I'm not going to have, before I go to the kids and the wife, I'm going to say, puppy, come into the room. He's like, please don't shoot me. And for the record, never, sh- never, ever shoot a dog. I have to say that because someone out there is dumb enough to think about it. Adobe is planning to expand in downtown San Jose. It's kind of interesting. Um, you know how there's some stocks that really fall beneath your radar where you're like, I like Target. I just don't have enough money to invest in everything I want and still have money for like a Target. Same thing with kind of an Adobe. It's one of those tech stocks that you always kind of want, but you never get around to owning it unless you work there. Adobe's building a fourth tower in the city's downtown in San Jose. Um, and they're one of those online companies where their business model used to be selling software on floppy disks. And then you got to the point where it's just all being downloaded. Now it's all being hosted by them. So since Adobe started charging you to rent their software, a lot of people just use the Photoshop and Illustrator they bought more than five years ago. So they don't have to pay them over and over and over again. Um, same thing with Microsoft Office. A lot of people don't like that renting of software. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I was uh, deeply in love with a graphic illustrator once. Uh, graphic designer who did a lot of illustration work, obviously, and uh, she swore by that product. So that's out there. Take a look at the markets. We're up, not up huge, uh, but we're up on the news. I think that Mnuchin said we're ninety percent done with a deal, and we're well on our way to finishing it. Uh, he's talking from Bahrain right now, but he is talking about uh, China and the U.S. Who there's gonna be a big meeting on Saturday. Last Sunday, the president got to meet the press. This Sunday, he gets talk about what happened in the meeting with the president of china so that's out there bitcoin we've been talking a lot about recently and uh it continues to march higher so yesterday is at eleven thousand. today it's at thirteen thousand. so there's something about that facebook announcement that really helped with that said please be cautious last year bitcoin lost 75 percent or more of its market value this year it's up huge so 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything that you want to talk about we could talk about um, taking a look at the overall market action in the stories today. I think they are what they are. You know, tech and energy stocks doing well on consumption of growth expectations. Micron is leading semiconductor stocks higher following the earnings results. There's some trade optimism, but I'll be honest with you, more than two-thirds of analysts think that no trade will get done, but also no new tariffs will come out of it. Um, there's weakness in defense-oriented stocks today. So those are some of our top stories for sure. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Remote jobs are exploding. Um, and some of them could actually pay you six figures. Work from home. Not too shabby. Be cautious on it, too. Um, let's take a break. Let's wrap up. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, robots could take over 20 million jobs by the year 2030. Robot parade, robot parade. So make sure you're not in a job that, how shall we say, is low skill that a robot could do. We'll talk about this and more as the days and months go on. I'm Rob Black.